Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk. I'm your host, Melvin Dukes, and I'm your co-host, Dr. Dukes. Um, host and co-host. I want to be the co-host. <laughs> we yeah. we co and co. We co and co. Thank you. Co and co. Um, well, today's episode, uh, we are talking about what? Um, we're gonna talk about when you are in a moment of transition mm-hmm. and you think that you may need to be transitioning maybe to a new um career or a new job same same field but maybe just a different place new environment um just that feeling of maybe it's time for me to make an adjustment in my professional life time to move on be strong keep holding on <laughs> okay rapper but yeah in, in short we just talking about um when you get to that moment when you feel like you it's time for you to, like you said, move on, um, and and just quit, like do something different. Uh, whether it's in a different field altogether or a different environment or a different position, um, either going up, going down, getting readjusted, whatever it is, just trying to figure out or trying to make sure you understand when it is time to uh move on and, and we're gonna discuss kinda how we felt. Uh, when we moved on and, and what we did differently and, and right. just, just touch on a couple different things about just quitting your job. And this was a trigger. Um, I saw where, uh, oh goodness, a friend of mine from college had posted, you know, the question of like, when do you know it's time? When do you feel like, okay, I've done this for enough. So that's where it came from. But just to kind of have some small talk, what was your first job? So <laughs> my first my first job was actually working with my granddaddy uh, during the summertime. Well, year round, really, truthfully. Um, as you know, he was a general contractor, so he did uh, yard work, fixing roofs, 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 <laughs> fixing roofs. The thing on top of the house. <laughs> or buildings. Roofs. Fixing roofs. <laughs> roofs not a word. Roofs. When, before I say it, it sounds real, but anyway. Um, he was a general contractor, so me and my brother, we worked with him a whole lot, um, but we really got our time during the summertime. That was my first job, but my first real job where I got a check. Um, Did your granddaddy pay you? Yeah, he paid me, like, minimum wage, $5 <laughs> an hour. So you got to think, like, doing yard work in the heat of the day. Like, I never forget, I raked my grandmother's backyard, and she she got to live on about an acre and a half, it seemed like, <laughs> and we feel like the whole backyard was an acre and a half, but pine trees all over the place, and I had to rake that whole backyard, and just thinking back, I raked that whole backyard for $5 an hour. I was out there by eight days, <laughs> so by the time he paid me, and of course he paid me in cash, um, it was all about $125. Now, I done worked for eight days to make $125, raking up one backyard. Like, that is crazy. Looking back, that is crazy. I cannot, I cannot believe. And then, you know, you know what? After working, and I started working him about, about 12 years old. Start out at five dollars, and my granddad made it seem like that was just big time money. And then he talked about how I was gonna get a raise sometime in the future. I didn't know that the future meant like two or three years down the line. Do you know what my raise was two or three years later? Fifty cents. <laughs> I went from five dollars at twelve or thirteen to five fifty. Still doing the same kind of work now, hard, real man work. So two or three years later, at fifteen or sixteen, I'm now making five fifty 
doing real work, like climbing on top of grocery stores, fixing leaks and roofs and stuff like that. Oh. Um, but yeah, that was my first job. That, my, you know, being honest, that is um what um you see happen a minimum wage job. Absolutely. Like, I remember our students absolutely. saying they may have taken another job over another one because it paid like twenty five cent more, and I'm going twenty five cent. Yeah, but yeah. If yeah. such and such is making seven seventy five, and I can make eight dollars. But I'm talking about the kind of work that I was doing, <laughs> boy. Boy, that don't work and way for the more than time. yes. I like we work with my granddaddy faithfully every summer for real, for real. <laughs> but outside of that, enough of the joke. Um, my 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 first job where I got a check was doing tutoring for uh tutoring in math for Fort Valley. And um, and Georgia Tech, Fort uh, Valley State University, the Fort Valley State University. So once you got to college, that was um, the yeah. So when I got to college, that's my first check, check from from an organization. Yeah, yeah, that's my first job. Did you enjoy that job? I did. Um, cause of course education has always been in my in my blood in my system. Um, so I definitely used that as an opportunity to kind of learn how to use different strategies and techniques to help a student understand. You know, math, because of course that's what I tutored in math. Um, but I definitely use that, uh, use that time to learn different strategies. That was, that was a good time, though. Good. What was your, uh, what was your first job? Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell the audience about how you came to my first job. Oh yeah, that was before we started dating. Yes. <laughs> that was your first job. Yes, it's my first ever job. Oh, well, tell me what the first job. Um, so my first job, I was working in a shoe store. Um, that sold. What's the name of it? Don't start. What's the name of that store? <laughs> called just for feet just for feet do y'all remember just for feet just for feet had the the half court basketball court inside that was the dopest thing Stop ever smiling so hard I, it's not funny. that was dope as i don't know what it wasn't dope because it closed that's true because the only thing people would come in there and do is play basketball, play basketball. And leave. nobody yeah. was trying to buy shoes in yeah, their place yeah, yeah. and then they had entirely too much apparel um uh, plain t-shirts and jogging pants and socks and leggings that nobody was coming in there to buy that and it was a huge building to maintain. That was a big building. It was a huge, huge building. building. It was yeah. like a oh, warehouse. And no matter where you went, whenever you saw it just for feet, it was it was the it huge. was the exact same setup and it it was always a huge building. Yes. That is very true. And we also gave you free popcorn. Yeah, I remember that. And I had popcorn to do day. that. So I was I worked the floor with apparel and I was in charge of making sure we had fresh popcorn ready and cleaning out the popcorn machine before I left and all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't even remember how much I was making, but I can guarantee you within the first two weeks, I knew I will never work in um, retail. retail. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I did not want to work a job where I was micromanaged. You know, like how many socks did you sell today? Oh, um, right. sorry. How many customers did you even see come in here today since you're wondering about socks? How about you, you go out there and figure out how to get more customers to come in? Yeah. Um, and so I even had, I remember I had, I, I remember I got busted because I didn't clock out for lunch. But what happened was I wasn't ready to, like I was going in there to get my lunch and I, it was something I was checking on before I went to lunch. And so I just remember turning around to my manager and said, it's okay, I'm about to quit today anyway. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward, um, and I, my manager actually ended up being a volunteer coach at one of the schools I worked at. And I wanted to tell him so bad, like, Thank you, because you are the reason why I went and made sure for sure I got my degree <laughs> and went on. But, oh, yeah, you coming in the store. Mm. So, let me tell you guys how um, Mr. Dukes 
uh, at school would try to be so cool and so suave and so charming as the girls wrote in his yearbook. Oh, my goodness. Um, that he acted like, if when I would speak to him, it was kind of like a dry hey. Is how you would <laughs> say hey to me, like a hey, what's up? I was like, hey, Melvin. Hey. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, that's how you do. It yeah. was just like, <laughs> this dude. So, you had graduated. We already had graduation for yeah. the year. So, you was a senior. I was a junior. So, you've already graduated. And I was working that summer at yeah. Just for Fee. And you happened to come in one night while I was at work. Child, you came in there like you just saw your best friend. Oh, what's going on? What's up, Sharon? <laughs> and you gave me a hug. I always remember you gave me a hug. And I was kind of standing there like... He hugged me. This no, boy barely. You, no, you no, were standing yes, there I did. like, ooh, he hugged me. No, I wasn't. Oh, I was not. Because you never talked to me before. So, well, I mean, like you didn't act like you was interested in talking to me. I was a big time college student or getting ready to be a big time college student. So. I'm glad you laughed with that. You better chuckle. No. <laughs> you better chuckle. <laughs> no. Uh, Anyways, we um did we exchange numbers that day? I can't remember. I don't know. But that, that was like a catalyst for us talking later. Yeah, it was. And I even remember going home and telling my mama, guess who I just saw? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess because I had already told my mama about you because you could sing. Parents knew about me before I even became a boyfriend. Okay, whatever you say. Anyway, let's move on to uh, what we were talking about today. Um, So we talked about what our first job was, and now we let, let's talk more about uh, how we, I guess, left our initial career. Can we say that? This was our. That was our, this was our word. Well, it's kind of like the first thing is 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 um I think in the we just recently both made transitions right along with several friends of ours. Oh yeah, we had several friends to do the same thing, several coworkers to do the same thing, and um one thing I remember is that everybody was on this kind of uh if you're not liking your job, quit and go do something else and we remember as just as a group like we are not on that steve harvey tyler perry i'm gonna go be homeless and then i'm gonna pop up and be a millionaire that's not everybody's story oh no oh no So sometimes it has to be where yes you may hear about that you have to take risks but we were more so looking at taking calculated risks absolutely and making sure i can still eat tomorrow (laughs) once i made my decision right because and you of course you know this but um when I decided that I was going to leave teaching, I made sure that I had money saved up mm-hmm. where I would be okay for a year mm-hmm. if I did not get a full-time job. Um, so, you know, through my years of teaching, of course, I had savings and stuff like that, right. money that I never, ever, ever, ever touched. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if I ever, and of course I wasn't banking on this, but through my calculations, I, I said, okay, I got enough money saved up where if I don't get a job for a whole year, I would still be able to kind of like pay myself monthly mm-hmm. um, to still cover bills and stuff like that. So like you said, calculated. it's it's all calculated. Mm-hmm. Don't just jump out there and say, you know what? I'm quitting. I, I know I got a whole bunch of bills and I got a family and all that kind of stuff, but God will work it out. He will work it out. However, don't put yourself through an unnecessary struggle. Right. Please don't, don't put, put yourself through an oh unnecessary struggle. And um I and I remember people like other people telling us of you know they were in that space where they felt like they just need to jump out there and run but I had seen other people do that before and I was like that's not it right. that, don't don't do that that's not it now at the same time what we are really talking about in this episode is just the emotions leading up to the final decision absolutely 
So it's kind of like in the episode where you talk about um, taking a break from teaching. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, when you talk about taking a break from teaching, you were saying that, you know, yes, I had thoughts of it in that uh, at one point in one year, mm-hmm. but I used that year to kind of, all right, let's marinate on it. Let's right. look at it. Let's right, look at right. everything going on. And then by the second year, okay, yes, I have right. my decision made. So for this second year, I'm mapping it out so that by such and such time, I can walk away and go ahead and do whatever it is I want to do next. Oh, most definitely. It's right. Because it definitely wasn't a decision that I just up and made, you know, just random, random decision. It was definitely a two-year-long thought process, mm-hmm. prayer, meditation, all of that. Right. And and like you said, going back to calculations, um, it, it was a two-year-long thing. It wasn't that I just came up with, you know, the, the semester before I, I resigned. Mm-hmm. But um, it was definitely something that I had to think about. And ironically, I wanted to talk about this back in 2019. We're now in 2020. 2020. And um, I typed this idea or thought up December 12th, 2019, right? Mm-hmm. And in it, I put that we're going to talk about um, having the feeling that a change may be needed and searching for direction or clarity. Mm-hmm. And then ironically, our good pastor, Pastor PG, <laughs> Tabernacle Baptist Church, um, uh, or I should say, yeah, Pastor PG, that ain't, that's redundant because PG is for Pastor Goodman. So right. anyway, instead of, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Goodman, um, is that that's what he preached on for um, New Year's was clarity. That mm-hmm. we're looking for a clear vision. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. So we know that you have those feelings, but let's kind of go through some questions that you may want to look at to get clarity on am I making the right decision? Right. Because even even if this is not a decision to quit, it may be a decision to go for a higher position. It may be a decision to go for a different position. It could mm-hmm. be a lateral move. It mm-hmm. could be a decision to say, um, I, I want to switch careers altogether. But think about these questions. So the first thing that came to mind was, why did you choose this career? Thinking about why did I choose to be in this field okay mm-hmm. now i think everybody um let's just say let's just say off the bat that the, the reason why you chose to go into it is because oh it was a job that was open mm-hmm. my mama told me to go apply for it mm-hmm. um i got the hook up on the job somebody told me to do it right mm-hmm. if if that's a reason that's a little different right absolutely oh yeah because that doesn't really align with oh, your yeah. passion or your drive to do this. That right. really wasn't what you were searching for in the first place. Right. Now, it could have led to passion in the end. If it did, then you probably don't. This ain't even your episode because right. you, you're going to stay in what you're doing. But if your initial step wasn't for what you internally wanted to do, that could be an issue. But let's just say for the initial step, it was literally, I want to whatever. So if it's in education, typically it's I want to help students. Right. right? right. I want to change lives. Mm-hmm. I want to... Um, make the world a better place. I want to give back to my community by being an educator. Right. I have a passion for English, and I want to see other students have a passion for English or writing or the creatives. I had a teacher that impacted my life, and I want to make that impact. Right. right. Now, if that's your statement, if it's if it's if it's dealing with passion or interest or drive, the next question is this: Does your weekly routine align with why you chose this career? Does your weekly routine align with why you? chose this career yes Hmm. explain that (laughs) so i want to oh i'm gonna use an example of a friend um Mm -hmm. that he was a school counselor 
So being a school counselor, he really wanted to work with social and emotional learning, um, uh, helping students with uh, how to behavior-wise and their emotional intelligence navigate school, right? Mm -hmm. So he has all of these things that he's learned in his school counseling courses that he wants to apply. Then he becomes a school counselor, and his daily routine is registering students for classes, Mm -hmm. um, going over the school's master schedule, Mm -hmm. uh, scheduling testing, the standard test, the SAT, the ACT, the end of course test, and very rarely what he had the opportunity to do was go into the classrooms and teach them about social social and emotional learning or do one-on-one counseling sessions with students right so basically you uh what you all need to do is is just ask yourself does, does my daily routine line up with with what i really want to do like does right. this even match up i know I'm, I'm i think i'm in the field but does my daily routine line up with what i like to do like it, it, it's almost well, why, like why i got into it why i got into it right why i got into it like it it wouldn't make sense if if i'm a math teacher mm-hmm. but i'm constantly teaching i don't know computer skills or, or something like that like mm-hmm. no my passion was to teach math and i thought when i signed up and you all hired me i was going to teach math classes mm-hmm. not support computer classes and stuff like that mm-hmm. I, I signed up to teach math classes right. or even that i was going to be able to teach yeah yeah okay yeah. so now if the classroom and environment is not conducive to me being a teacher i'm dealing with so many behavior problems right or my classroom is completely overwhelmed and packed or we're constantly being asked to redirect and change this and change uh, portions of the curriculum and switch up the standard. And I'm supposed to be on this pace and the teacher over here on the, across the hall from me is going faster than me. So now I got to catch up with her. If it wasn't structured to where I, I'm teaching, I'm mm-hmm. literally, I have a lesson and I go with it and I go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And as a professional, you trust that I'm doing this at the right pace. Mm-hmm. Then we can start to really go, okay, is this the right place? space there you go the right place space environment stuff like that Mm -hmm. um because of course we all know as educators that some things will come along with being a teacher being an educator working in in the education field um but when you get get so when your daily routine is so far away from what it should be that's that's when it's like okay let me let me reconsider if if this is where i'm supposed to be and Mm -hmm. if this is what i'm supposed to be doing because that's probably what brings about a lot of the frustration and anxiety. You oh, go home absolutely. Going, oh, absolutely. I'm not being fulfilled because what brings me joy is not happening. Right. Right, right, right. So at any job, it's like if I wanted to make a difference in this lane and I recognize I'm not and I'm not making an impact because that that is a part of it. People look to make an impact on the job. Mm-hmm. So even if my job is to keep the school clean, and, you know, I come in and I see in the morning, you know, these these floors are spotless. Mm-hmm. Everything is looking good and great. And because that makes that person feel like they're making an impact. But then when they come in and they're getting fussed at because this didn't happen over here or I don't even have time to go over to that classroom and clean up or on that floor to clean up. I'm not making an impact. I can't really fulfill my job. Right. So that leads you into this. So you you know what your purpose and your vision is. You're looking to see does your purpose, your, does your daily routine align with that purpose or vision. Mm-hmm. But go into this. So if it's not lining up. Do you work in an, in an environment where you can voice your concern? Now, that's a good one. Just off the uh, idea that you should be comfortable mm-hmm. um, in your work environment, <laughs> comfortable enough where where you should where you are able to voice your opinions, voice your concerns, and 
there should be something done about it. Um, even if it's a, a conversation and stuff being explained as to why things are happening, it should at least be a conversation. Even if nothing is is, is able to get done, there should at least be a conversation about it. Well, let's it. go back before we say nothing can get done. Mm-hmm. Go back into having a conversation about it. Right. I think that that would be the part where a person has to sit and evaluate, do you feel comfortable mm-hmm. saying that your daily routine is um, conflicting with your job responsibilities and your um, ability to make an impact with the organization and not feel that you are going to come under fire by your superior? Mm. That's the question. Mm. <laughs> you so can I can I come to you and say that and not feel that my job is in jeopardy or that you don't have the emotional ability to understand what I'm saying in reflection of my job? Because sometimes I think you can come and tell somebody something mm-hmm. and their identity lies with the company. So now they take offense to the fact that you see a problem with the company. Right. So now, I you, now you're talking about my stuff. This is my, this is my stuff. This, but it's, it's, but it's not, not yours. This is, it's not yours. This not is in a, that sense. This is a we thing. This right. is a team. Right. We so all trying to make it better. Right. We all, all trying, trying to make, make it better. better. So somebody on the team is feeling that they are not making an impact. So we got to look at the play. Let's look at what's going on that we can change this and make this person um uh an asset to the team. Make mm-hmm. their daily routine an asset to the team that is making the overall function better. Right. Right. So from there, if you feel like you could talk to the person, because mm-hmm. one, if you feel like you can't talk to them, that's a whole nother podcast. Cause then we're going to talk about oppressive work environments. Mm. That's a whole nother beast right. because there are several people. And I will tell you right now, this was just, just a little tidbit, just a little tease. The way you will know that you work in an oppressive work environment. If I come in and I'm an outsider and I come to a meeting and everybody's quiet. Absolutely. First indication. Absolutely. If when the, person asks a question everybody kind of look around and not say because i was like they know if i say something they gonna come at me as right. if i should have never said anything at all right because you can have an oppressive it. classroom like that oh yeah where you you so in control and the ruler yep. and the emperor <laughs> of yep. what you're doing that the students are, i ain't asking him no question not, i ain't asking him a thing I, I, i'll be dumb in this class for the rest of the year because i ain't asking a damn question no i don't right. feel comfortable he does not make me feel good when i ask a question in his right. class right the exact same thing can happen in the workplace right exact same thing happened in the workplace so you go from okay let's say that I do feel comfortable with asking. Mm-hmm. Do you believe adjustments will be made after you voice your concerns? Because if I think at the end of the day, come on, we too we too old to waste time. So if I go in and I have this heartfelt conversation and tell you what needs to change, but I know there are several people who've already gone in before me, or you just and you've you been in the company down. long enough to know. Like, or, you know how this go. Yes, you know how this go. I bring something up, it gets shot down, and we're done. Because some people have really good, like, they, they're they very open and honest and will sit down and talk to you. But, I, I mean, it's nothing that can, this is what it is. It's right. Because sometimes you really get to a point where it's like, there's honestly n- absolutely nothing I can do about that. I appreciate you voicing your opinion, your concerns. Mm-hmm. I've thought about it. I've, I've sat in, in, in support groups and we've thought about it, talked about it. Mm-hmm. But for that one, is honestly nothing we can do. Right. And if that's, and if that's, that's the, the case at the end of the conversation, I'm okay with it. Right. I am okay with that. Because if you if you at least allow me to voice my concerns, and then you are able to articulate to me um, 
why certain things can't change at this time. And mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like, I know that you're an advocate for me. Right. Because, oh, oh, come on with it. I felt you. <laughs> if if your um, superiors are advocates of the employees, then the environment is already going to be set up. Well, we know they, I trust that they're going to make sure that I'm, I'm at my best ability. Right. And if something can't change, it's not because they want me to suffer. This is, this is just what's happening at the time, mm-hmm. but they're going to work towards making it better. But this is just something we're going to have to fight for, through at the time. Absolutely. But you know, whether or not you got a boss that's an advocate. I was about to say, and, and if you are a boss or supervisor or superior, or whatever that's listening, um, be just be open, more open to uh, listening to the concerns of your employees. Um, because mm-hmm. no, you may not agree with what they have to say, but at least, mm-hmm. at least show that you are listening, you're concerned, uh, or you're on their side. Like I, I definitely follow what you're saying, and right. if it, if it sounds like it could be a good idea, just be open to it. Mm-hmm. Be open to it. Don't just kill them at kill them at at the door. Let them mm-hmm. come on in, and and like I say, have that conversation. Right. And then I think that's when you can get to a place where I know what I want to do. My daily routine does not fit what I want to do. Um, even if you don't feel comfortable with speaking to a person, it's always better to say something at the end of the day. So you can at least check that off your list. Don't You don't have to wonder, well, what if? And maybe I should have tried. If you said something, you voiced your concerns. And then you see where your concerns will not be met. You now have to sit down and do the pros versus the cons. Does the good outweigh the bad? Or does the bad outweigh the good? What is it? What is it? And I think I was able to see you do that process and understand what it really looks like. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, there are moments where you could have let a bad five minutes ruin your whole day. You know how the coffee machine doesn't work? Yes, goodness. And first then, thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. And so you know then you get ready for your class. Right. And then when you get to the class and now you're trying to distribute everything, you get a call over the intercom because mm-hmm. somebody about to watch your class because they need you to come downstairs and do something. And that's all that happened that day. The coffee mm-hmm. machine didn't work and then they called you out of your first period class. But you let second, third, fourth, fifth, <laughs> the rest of the day feel all of that. Feel all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So on the job, it could have been, it's just this one thing. Right. It's not, you, you need to sit down and really evaluate whether or not the good. The um, bad is outweighing the good or the right. good. You know, just sit down and evaluate it. But if you make that list and you start, you get to the bad part and you just going. <laughs> and you get to the good part and you can't find <laughs> too much. Um, I don't know. If you've never seen the movie, well, I, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners have. But it's um, Tyler Perry's film, Why Did I Get Married? Mm-hmm. And Janet Jackson comes to the other wives and tells them, listen, write a, write a list of all the good your husband does for you. Mm-hmm. And then write a list of all the bad and just see if the good outweigh the bad. And the key is write the good first. <laughs> Please, I, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Why write, is that first? Write, Why you wanna do that write first? Write the good first. Cause if you write the bad first, you I you almost gonna stay in that negative mind frame mm. and you're not even gonna wanna find the good. You're not gonna wanna see the good. Cause you're gonna feel like, no, I need to get up out of here. I point blank period. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to hear nothing y'all gotta say. I ain't trying to hear about the good. I don't want nobody good. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get out of here. Right. So I would definitely say write the good first. Be mm-hmm. genuine. And what you write for the good, really think it out because 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 it's a situation that you want to get out mm-hmm. of. Thinking about the bad is going to be easy to think about. Like Ooh. that that's going to come easy. Come on. So I would definitely say write the good first. 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe even take a day to think about what the good is. Mm-hmm. And then take a break from it and then go back and write your, your bad or your negative or whatever. Mm-hmm. But make sure you are spending quality time, genuine time, intentional time with thinking about what the goods are. That way you can really feel like once you go through your whole list of writing out both sides, then you can really see, okay, my good mm-hmm. outweighs the right. bad. Or yes, my bad really does outweigh the good and I need to make sure I, I plan to to move on to something different. But definitely write down the good first. And that goes with you really are you really are maturely Absolutely. looking for clarity. Absolutely. Because everybody knows that person in the job is you just complain about everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is just, just bad and negative. But when you have a mature mind looking for clarity, you are saying, you know what? I really enjoy these parts. I really like this part. This isn't so bad. It's just something that annoys me. Right. Mm-mm. Right. Because you may get to think about it. It's like, you know what? It really ain't that bad. Mm-hmm. I let that... Like going back to what you just said, you let that fi- that five minute a uh, moment mm-hmm. take over that whole day. Take over the whole day. So you might let this one bad day mm-hmm. take over your whole you know experience on this job. It's like you know what I'm I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I am gone. Mm-hmm. No, take a step back, breathe, think about what you need think to do, don't need to do, or whatever, and then move on from there. And if we do all of those things, I think that we will get to a space where we know what the next move should be. Right. Once you've done it and you see the list, you should be in a space where you know what I need to do or what, what things I need to do to um, be at peace with my decision. Mm-hmm. So if I see this and I say, like you did, I see all of this, I evaluate it, I'm going back and forth. Okay, what I'm going to do the next year is I'm going to make some adjustments mm-hmm. and see if if I make these adjustments, can some of these things come off this bad list? Mm-hmm. Let me try. Let me let me put in an effort to to uh to have more control over the ne- the narrative in a positive space and when I come out of it, I can finally go, you know what? I'm at peace with my decision. Absolutely. Because what you don't want to do is make an irrational decision to jump out exactly. there. Exactly. Exactly. That's, exactly. Yeah, that's not necessarily where you're supposed to be because one thing is for sure, and I think that that's the part about the whole just jump out there and do something that I'm uncomfortable with is if it's for you, it's going to be for you. And it's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. If the door is supposed to be open for you, it's going to be open. Also, if the door is supposed to be closed, it's going to be closed. Mm-hmm. So you um, taking the time out to kind of get stuff together is not bad. It doesn't. I think people think that, okay, what I should do is quit this and just jump over here and automatically that's what's going to happen. Right. No, it may be some struggle on that end too, but you have to be at peace with whatever your decision is. Right. So that as the struggles come, you run and understand like, that's fine because I understand that this struggle leads to something way greater than what I was in. Absolutely. Because going back to what you just said, it's not about making that irrational decision just off the, off the muscle just because something happened, but making a mature decision, making sure you get devote that time to really think about if you should be here, should not be here, moving on, staying, whatever, but really making a mature uh, decision. Because after all, we're talking about your life here. We're talking about your life. income. We're talking about your career. We're not talking about just feet or, walking, or working with your granddad. We ain't talking about part-time job. <laughs> right. We ain't talking about working with my granddad, nothing like that. We're talking about we're what talking you about do every retirement day. Retirement plans. That, yeah, that pays your bills. <laughs> so, yeah, those, the, the Steve Hart story and um and the Tyler Perry story, they sound great. Lord knows they sound great. I was homeless for a year, living in a van, doing this, that, and the third, and now I'm a millionaire, everybody in the world, blah, blah, blah. That sounds great. But I guarantee you, you don't want to be put into a, a struggle that you did not necessarily have to go into. Mm-hmm. If I had to make the uh, irrational decision two years before I actually 
uh, or resign from my my uh, position, I may have not had as much money saved up. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not have had you know certain things going on for myself. That year of not having a job may have turned into actual two years of not having a job. Mm-hmm. Now I'm out of money. Now I'm you know putting in applications at at different kind of Who knows what would have happened? Who knows what would happen? So you know, make sure you make you are making a a very mature uh, decision. Mature. Ooh. Was I supposed to say mature? No, that's how you know. That's how we say it in the south. Mature. 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 Yeah. I'm gonna say mature because that's how it's gonna come out. Now, before um, okay, you mind if we hit this topic a little uh, a little bit right here before we close out? Is that your job is not your identity? Absolutely. I think that's a struggle in education. That is a struggle in education because one thing about working in education is that so much of what you do is tied to your reputation. Mm-hmm. It's tied to your evaluation. And you, you'll you hear it. You know how... Okay, I'll say I'll give you an example of how it sometimes is tied to your identity. I remember we would go to an elementary school and we would take the high school students with us to read to the uh, smaller classes, the pre-K and kindergarten classes, mm-hmm. right? And I remember going into this guy's classroom and he was a young black male teacher and his class was beautiful. Mm -hmm. We would walk in and we would stand there and he would figure out how to wrap up his lesson. And then he'd go, okay, class, we're going to transition to the floor in five, four, you know, and the kids would all scramble and they get to the floor and they crisscross applesauce and they waiting for us to read. And then when our students would come up to read, they would sit in the little rocking chairs. They were, no, I mean, not a soul was out of place or acting up. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time to finish the story, he'd get them time to walk up to the to the students and point out pictures and just a great time, right? Mm-hmm. We would go across the hall to the same grade level with another teacher, and it was holy hell. Mm-hmm. Like the kids running, I'm I'm standing up here trying to be the advisor for the kids, and two of your kids came up here talking to me, even though they're supposed to be on the floor listening and read. Right. And another one just has been crying the entire time, and it was same school, same building, mm-hmm. same grade level, but this teacher over here, his class is just struggling. And this one's not right? right. So I know what I've heard teachers say. Well, you know, um, Duke's kids, Duke's class, because they are, they tie the students' behavior and their performance to the teacher. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like even if she was trying her best in, in whatever capacity, you know, and Miss mm, Williams' class, though, oh, her kids. You don't even want. You have teachers that didn't even want to take kids from that class to their grade level. Like, don't even come. Mm-mm. Don't even come this way. Don't even come this don't way know, yeah. because so much of your identity is wrapped into what you are doing with the students. Right. So somebody else's performance is directly tied to whether or not I am good at my job, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's, it's necessarily like that other job. So if I'm a car salesman. I'm selling cars. My performance is me and uh, the other factors involved, right? Mm-hmm. But this is Johnny didn't pass the test. Mr. Dukes, why didn't Johnny pass the test? Because that's your fault. Right, and it's absolutely your fault. And right, that, and that it's your is... fault. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's you. Mm-hmm. I don't care if Johnny had a... Uh, he was lagging in scores the last five years. That doesn't matter. You got him now. You need to fix it. Right. right so right. It's, it's important to understand that you you your identity cannot be wrapped up into the job. My and, my life ain't here. Right. And I, I think the, the point that we definitely want to make here is um don't feel like you're absolutely doing a bad job just or 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 your students are necessarily a reflection of, of you per se. Um I I 
I kind of feel not like solely reflective. Of you. Not right, right, right. It's not not a, not a sole reflection you. of you. It, it's and not some of it is all absolutely all of it absolutely <laughs> absolutely. Um, because granted, there are some teams that have uh better uh classroom management than than others. Um, but don't necessarily let you know what happens in the classroom and everything that's tied into it. Uh, 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 determine who you are, uh, what you can provide to the school, and stuff like that. Because some things, some things are indeed out of your control. Yes. Some things are definitely out of your control. Um, but hopefully you can, you know, develop the kind of mindset of understanding the difference between the two. What you can Would change, that be a part what of you the can list? adjust, what you absolutely. That could be. What are the things I yeah. can control and I can't control? Absolutely, in this job. definitely, Ooh. definitely add that to the list. Add that sure. to the list. That's a that's definitely a good thing to think about. Because even if you're saying, what do the, you have control? Yeah, what do you over, have control over? And what do you what do you not have control so, over? So kind of like once you get to the bad stuff, like mm-hmm. if the bad stuff is listed, what on these what things can I change? Can I change? What can I change? Because if it's absolutely. you that can change it, yep. okay, that's well it. fix it, girl. Yep. <laughs> but if I can't control none of these things that's on this side of the list, now now I can see where you have an issue. Right. So it would be you write your pros and your cons, and then at, of the cons. You're looking at okay, so what are these things that I can change that mm-hmm. I can make better? Because I I remember um even for me, I realized that uh, one thing I had to do was we had we were on a seven period schedule at school, right? So seventh period, I I don't have any students in there that if you need somebody to talk to, <laughs> which rarely happened during the seven period, it's always early in the morning mm-hmm. and students needed like a a pep talk or whatever we want to call it. I, that's besides the point. The point is, seven period was solely like my planning mm-hmm. to get ready for after school activities. Right. So if I got student council, I got fashion club, I got gospel choir, I got um whatever it could be that I use that seven period to get ready so that when they walked in the door, it was sign in. All right, this is the very pick up agenda. Da, da, da. Because it was something about when I'm scrambling at my desk to get stuff together and then I come back to figure out what we're going to talk about. It they no, it's after school, so their minds were in a place of like freedom, Free, run yeah, around, yeah, act yeah. a fool, yep, and yep. I'm like, it's time to let this go, right? Because they they've been sitting in class all seven mm-hmm. periods, so I had to make sure. Listen, when y'all get in here, let's go ahead and hit the important stuff so that we can't. Because it is fun time right. when you come down there with me, so yeah. I got to make sure I hit the important stuff first. So it was about me saying, listen, that the kids are adding a fool because you got to be more prepared by the time they get in here. There you which go. Which was something I can control. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I was thinking about. Um, some teachers say, well, my the students are not in, engaged in, in, in what I'm doing. Well, that might go with piss poor planning. Go back mm-hmm. and, and rethink <laughs> what you have planned out for your students. Um, cause right. that's one thing about it. You got to know who your audience is. If I got a classroom mm-hmm. full of knuckleheads, I need to make sure I got a different kind of assignment for these knuckleheads to make sure they right. get involved, get engaged. If you got to use some kind of technology, if you got to mm-hmm. use some kind of, uh, um, I don't know, videos or, or allow them to use their phones to look up stuff. Like you got to think outside the box sometimes. Now, right, if you right. don't want to do that, then it might be time for a career change. Mm-hmm. It might be time just to get a mentor um, talk about some things, just get some different strategy from somebody else. Um, but again, go back and look at that that negative list and, and just kind of see what what's in my control. What do I have control what of? Have control what can of? I adjust? What can I change? Yes. And what we are going to do um, in later series, we're going to kind of talk about those things you don't have control over. Right. That <laughs> it is a beast. Because um, what we are really hoping to do is talk about things that necessarily – um, teachers don't get a chance to really vent and put out there mm-hmm. with the hopes of school systems taking the time to say, we are going to change this. We are going to dedicate our time, our money, our resources, our manpower to changing certain things. So look for those series in the future. 
it will be fun. We are going to get really creative, you guys. I'm super excited. I'm not going to tell 2020, you. 2020, the year of clarity, baby. Let go. <laughs> oh, not going to spoil it. The year of clarity. Tell you guys that, what we're doing, appreciate but. that, PG. What? <laughs> the year of clarity, baby. 2020. If y'all need some some information about that, hey, hit us up. We, we got it. We, hey, got, yes, we can go get that to, to you, too. Yes. You need to hear that sermon. The you year heard of clarity. It. You need clarity. And we want you to be clear on... Uh, subscribing to our podcast after school talk sharing it with another educator and other friends uh, make sure you give us five stars wherever you see that you can review us um, shout out to everybody who has left a um a comment i'm gonna post those on the right effect r-i-t-e i'm gonna post that on the right effects um instagram several of the comments that we've gotten from people so we appreciate our former students and other people out there in the world who have listened to our podcast. So you guys make sure you share and support and be a part of the After School Talk crew. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Later.